Hey, welcome to Atomic Radio Hour. It's going to probably be Atomic Half Hour. Uh, I'm your host, Vince. And I'm your blast from the past host, Olive. Um, I said a few episodes ago that uh, I didn't. I feel like I didn't do enough of the lore on the Enclave, and we're going to get Enclave Part 2. Ooh. Uh, this is Enclave Part 2. Um, if you're seeing this, it's most likely because something came up and we needed to take a week. Uh, but I didn't want to deprive anybody of a week of stuff. So here is a episode in the past. So I'm going to kick back. I'm going to recline my chair and listen to Vince read about the Enclave for like 25 minutes to an hour. <laughs> um, just going <laughs> to... You comfy? I am comfy. I've also got a, a full mason jar full of water. So mm. that's four cups. So if you want to see the, the Enclave... Uh, lore in depth there should be a link to it somewhere um that is the first enclave lore piece this will be the second piece that'll accompany accompany it the society of the enclave has uh, pat- patterned itself after pre-war uni- the pre-war united states of america scaling down its structure to match a similar size the enclave is led by a president elected by the people of the enclave without a term limit the president is assisted by a vice president who together they form an executive branch of government the enclave also has a congress but there is no mention of a judicial branch some government agencies have also been reformed in the enclave the atomic energy commission exists but has been scaled down significantly around Significantly, and around 2242 was responsible simply for maintaining the oil rig's nuclear reactor. Its entire I say for me ideology. Ideology. Thank you. I don't know why I wanted to say idolatry. Its entire ideology is that the Enclave claims to be the direct continuation of pre-war of the pre-war United States of America. At the same time, it does not recognize anyone outside of the Enclave as an American citizen, even if they were born in a vault to American citizens and would thus hold American citizenship. Furthermore, since 2140, around 2140, the Enclave has adopted the position that members are the last bastion of humanity on Earth, ruling out co-inhabiting with perceived mutants, i.e. anyone outside of its ranks. It has decided to pursue a course of experiment of, I'm sorry, extermination using FEV Curling 13, a re-engineered version of FEV 2 modified to become a become a catalyst of global genocide. The Enclave was prevented Excuse from... Excuse re- was that global genocide? Yeah, just a little bit. Just They, they were trying. Just a little um, the Enclave was prevented from releasing the virus by the Chosen One just hours before it was meant to deploy. In the West, the destruction of the oil rig paved the way for changes under the leadership of Colonel Augustus Autumn. The Enclave forces in the Capital Wasteland attempted to use their assets to bring fresh water protection and a plan for the future of the Wastes. Believing that the American people were worth fighting for, however... Internal conflict between the Colonel and the President John Henry Eden made the actions of the Enclave erratic and inconsistent. While the President wanted to pursue a course of extermination once more, Autumn considered the plan is too extreme on humanitarian grounds and eventually managed to convince the AI to abandon the plan. Unsuccessfully, it, it was unsuccessful in the long run as Eden fixated on the issue of purity and tried to coax the lone wanderer into carrying out his genocide, genocidal plan. Um, Real quick, I get all the lore off fallout.fandom.com. Despite that, the Enclave maintained a network of constituency enforcement plans to enforce the Enclave presence among the general populace and perform compulsory 
genetic compliance screenings. Genetic non-compliance offenders were detained and executed. Even then, the Enclave employed at least two humans of wasteland origin, Stiggs and Anna Holt. Even people of vault origin have been granted amnesty before they would be accepted into the Enclave. So Stiggs is a repairman. He's from Fallout 3. I just want to talk about him quick. Uh, he's a repairman specializing in robotics, and he's located at the Adams Air Force Base in the year 2277. Uh, he was a wastelander by birth, and the Enclave found him in a malnourished condition and brought him back to the health for server bouts of radiation poisoning. He was put to work maintaining and creating the latest in flamethrower technology for the Enclave. So he made, most likely, the um, pl- the flame caster, John. Ooh. You know what I mean? Remember that flamey yeah, John? Yeah, piece? yeah, yeah. And then Anna Holt. I'm unfamiliar with her work. A Fallout 3 character. Um, she's a scientist working with, together with Dr. Lee and Janice Kaplinski. I don't even know Janice Kaplinski. On a portable fusion power hydroponic experiments in 2277. So she was kind of like an in for... Um, for Project Purity, so she knew about it. She was, oh, she was one of the other head scientists. Uh, Janice Kapinski was the other head scientist for, uh, with Dr. Lee. So it was Janice, Dr. Lee, and, uh, and, uh, Holt. Neat. Some Enclave bases, the true extent of the Enclave is unknown. The strongest concentration of their forces historically being New California and the Capital Wasteland, with an isolation force uh, making use of the White Springs Bunker in Appalachia. In general, the great plan of continuing the war against China from the safety of their bunkers was ruined by communication breakouts and isolation. Enclave bases make use of the best security technologies available. Force fields are common passive defensive defenses, while plasma turrets and autocannons are commonly stationary defensive emplacements. Enclave patrols are a common defensive measure, including anywhere between between three to five troops and armed with high-powered weapons. Apart from the oil rig and Navarro, I tried putting those two words together, the Enclave had locations and bases throughout New California and the Mojave. Uh, however, their statuses after the destruction of the oil rig and Navarro is not known. However, some hypothesize that many members traveled east or integrated with the NCR. So, uh, Control Station Enclave is the Poseidon Energy oil rig off the coast of California, designated as a presidential shelter and became the Enclave's headquarters after the Great War. It is 175 miles west of San Francisco and was destroyed in 2242. Adams Air Force Base is a pre-war Air Force Base used by the Enclave as a base of operations after their defeat in 2242. This is where the mobile base crawler was stationed. It is 10 miles southeast of the Capital Wasteland, and the base was claimed by the Brotherhood uh, in 2278. The Enclave Vault Research Control, active Poseidon net station as of 2241. It is unknown how where it is exactly, and it's unknown if they are still in control. Navarro, a retrofitted oil refinery that serves mainly as a refueling stop for vertebrates carrying out missions in California, as well as the general base of operations outside of the oil rig. It's the coast, it's on the coast of California, and it was lost to the NCR in 2246, around that time, sometime after that. Remnants Bunker, a small vertebrate refueling outpost used by the Devil's Brigade as storage. It's in the Mojave and is sealed and abandoned. That's where you, if you get the Enclave to help you out at the end of um, New Vegas, 
Mm-hmm. That's where you go. Oh, okay, gotcha. The Satellite Array Station is the Enclave's main communication installation used to coordinate the remainder of the Enclave forces following the devastation at the Purifier. It is west of the Capital Wasteland and is lost to the Brotherhood in 2278. The White Springs Bunker uh, is constructed using the Department of Agriculture funds with the intention of using it as a future hub of operations. It's in the White Springs, and it lost... It was lost during the Civil War of 2086. The Chicago outpost... Now, again, the Chicago stuff, I'm not really sure where that lies, because it seems to be that it was a thing for the Brotherhood of Steel games. Yeah, it's like a no-man's land of canon that we're not really sure what to pick up on. But Eddie has to go there? So, I don't know. So, the Enclave engineer named Dr. Uh, Whiteley responsible for the DuraFrame iBot project, makes mention in his own logs, own logged personal recordings of Enclave outposts located in the former city of Chicago in the great Midwestern Commonwealth. So this is a little bit based on their, their military, which they are a, uh, they're, they're a militaristic force. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. The military arm of the Enclave used the pre-war U.S. system uh, to a certain degree. The president is the commander-in-chief, while the actual command of the military is held by the Enclave High Command. The Enclave military collectively forms the Department of the Army, which has at least two other departments research and de- two other departments being research and development, and peacekeeping and recovery, charged with staffing constituency enforcement points whenever they are set up in the wasteland. The Enclave has recreated several pre-war factions. The Secret Service was reformed, uh, tasked with protecting the government, most notably the President, through their activities will occasionally include being deployed on delicate missions to the mainland, such as silencing a Brotherhood outpost or assassinations. The U.S. Chemical Corps returned as well. Its duties included developing the FEV-2. Apart from the units based in their pre-war analogs, the Enclave has several formations unique to itself. The most well-known is the Verda Assault Teams, heavily armed squads, the Enclave Power Armor... Sorry, heavily armed squads of Enclave power-armored troops, widely known for their tendency to go in shooting without asking any questions. They let someone else sift through the ashes to figure out what's going on. So they pretty much burned the building down to find the gold. You know what I mean? Like, instead of robbing a bank and going in and going, give me all the money, they burned the bank down. And then, like, we'll get it when we're done. I mean, it's a pretty effective scheme. I guess. I mean, would you rather, like, just kind of sift through some garbage for some gold or rob a literal bank? When people are alive, they have something worth more than money, and that's information and knowledge. True. So I'd rather not kill them all. I'd rather take one and be like, what do you know? Okay, we got all we need. Bang. Like, well, I would burn down the bank in the middle of the night so that no one gets hurt. I doubt they did that. But I, I know what you're saying. That. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, other units include the Enclave Control Company, responsible for perimeter defense. The Enclave Squad Sigma, used for secure, securing high pro- priority targets. Another specialized formation are the Fauna Details. I am dyslexic. That word hurts me to look at. Yeah, that's I could Fauna. F A U N A. Everything is the same. Every letter looks the same except for F. Um, the Fauna Details. 
Another specialized formation are fauna details, tasking with handling animals used by the Enclave in their operations and experiment. Flauna... Flauna. Fucking fauna detail Charlie is one such example, handling death claws. The Enclave experiments with automation in their military. Camp RHO is one such experiment. Under the U, uh, under the Army's Research and Development Wing, testing the new R76H3O chip that is a part of the automated defense grid staffed by a single officer. The Pacific Fleet of the United States Navy was deployed to control station Enclave before the Great War. However, its exact post War fate is unknown. The Department of the Army, the bulk of the Department of the Army's forces are soldiers clad in various forms of Enclave power armor, wielding energy weapons. However, the Department also find also fields an air force made up of vertebrates of both of the transport and gunship types, which are used for a wide variety of operations. Uh, there's also a garage at Navarro containing a tank truck overseen by mechanics that indicates that they also may have some form of motor pool as well. The army typically deploy deploys in forces deploys its forces in squads that make use of advanced militaristic tactics beyond the capability of most wasteland factions. Combined with their use of cutting-edge technology such as sentry drones that can protect their flanks, the army is extremely capable of dispatching most threats to the Enclave. Hmm. Uh, research and development, this branch has been responsible for the Enclave's tech technological advances and is run by some of the most brilliant minds in the Enclave. The design, they design the advanced power armor that is able to keep the Enclave soldiers safe from radiation. Their scientists are rarely seen in the field. Uh, when they are, they are wearing heavily environmental protected suits. Wait, is that armor the XO1 slash XO2 fucking XO series? Advanced power armor, yeah, the Enclave power armor. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. Uh, peacekeeping Tesla armor. <laughs> Well, it goes by many names. Well, no, because it's it's the Enclave. Because in Fallout Three, it's Enclave armor, and then it's Enclave Tesla armor, and then it's Ganon family Tesla armor. Yes. So, just just get the fucking names, please. Uh, the Department of the, uh, the Peacekeeping and Recovery. This department is responsible for civil protection under a council, a local council, and the rule of Peacekeeping and Recovery. This department is responsible for civil protection, local council, and the rule of the civilian side of the Enclave. It maintains bases around the wasteland under the guise of protecting its citizens. They actually exist to keep an eye on the population and quietly remove anyone who the Enclave considers non-complicent. Non-complacent. So they have some foreign relations due to their i fucking every time I want to say idolatry, their idol. Say it for me. <laughs> Ideology. Ideology. The Enclave generally does not maintain relations with any other outside entities, prefer preferring hostility instead. Outsiders are considered useful only as slave labor. At Mariposa, for example, when they were, and while testing, uh, FEV FEV curling thirteen. Or so what? What they're getting at is at Mariposa they took slaves that were wastelanders and said, "Okay, now you're going to dig for us." If you haven't seen the previous Enclave episode, which again you should take a gander at, um, and when they were doing Curling Thirteen, they wanted to use Vault Thirteen dwellers uh, as test as control subjects. The only time they ever really branch out is with the the Salvatores in New Reno, where they said, "Hey, if you." Uh, help us develop the FEV Curling 13. We'll give you the shitty laser pistols we have. So this situation changed when the Enclave retreated to the East Coast. The Enclave established a strong presence in the wasteland around 2277, maintaining a network of 
uh, constituency enforcement points. However, rather than aiding the wastelanders, they were subjecting them to mandatory genetic screenings and executing them should they fail the test. It seems it seems that the ultimate goal of Colonel Autumn was establishing the Enclave as the survivor of the waste rather than pursuing extermination. A large-scale development of the forces established territorial control was an unprecedented change before an unprecedented change before the loss of the oil rig the enclave focused on covert operations maintaining a low profile this reduced their exposure and limited knowledge of enclave activities of course this course of action wasn't always successful the brotherhood of steel became aware of the enclave's existence around 2241 Though the Brotherhood was not what it used to be, and obviously not the sole source of mankind's technology, they activated a network of outposts in the DEN and the NCR in San Francisco to monitor activities and keep watch. The Brotherhood has kept an eye on them for decades, and the Enclave's motives have not changed in that time. Uh, Met's gear of the DEN slavers also managed to tap into radio communications with the Salvatores. Other instances involving sightings by the Wright children in New Reno, uh, Melikor Jr. witnessing the kidnapping of his father, vertebrates flying over Redding and San Francisco, and of course the crash of the vertebrate in Kalamath. Kalamath Canyon following the rotor malfunction. The Enclave has also... I think that's in Fallout 1. Is the that? Enclave has been also... Probably not. Has been indirectly polluting the coast of Southern California and Mexico, causing irreversible ecological damage with... What the fuck? E-F-F-L-U-V-I-A? Efulia? Wait, say that again? E-F-F-L-U-V-I-A. Efulia? 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 From the oil rig's nuclear reactor, so they're they're dumping uh, a no into the into the water from the nuclear reactor. Uh, they're, tw- they're putting chemicals in the water. They're <laughs> frogs gay. <laughs> Big gay frog. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, by twenty two forty one, beaches in the region became saturated with toxic waste and highly irra- irradiated sea life. Tendency Just to make- like now. <laughs> yeah, their technology. Access to the most intimate secrets of the United States government and its military, the Enclave managed to preserve a large variety of advanced and prototype technologies for the future use within the bunker. Most importantly of these were the schematics to the experimental X-01 power armor, an advanced model that is still in early testing phases, and the vertebrate family of tilt tilt rotor aircraft, combined with the automated production facilities established at their bases, the Enclave were capable of outfitting its soldiers with weapons far above anything the Wasteland could muster, including the standardized Mark II power armor derived from the X-01 introduced in 2220. Um, Exactly 200 years from this one. Widespread plasma and laser weapons, such as the Urban Plasma Rifle, developed shortly before the war by Repcon Aerospace. And, of course, the Vertebrates. Some theorize that the Enclave technology level is a result of is a result of them using captured alien technology, but these rumors remain unconfirmed. The most exotic design used by the Enclave is used by the Enclave, the Urban Plasma Rifle, was actually created by Repcon, which I don't know why that's reiterated. Enclave Laboratories also possess cutting-edge equipment ahead of anything the Wasteland could muster. A part of infrared... Spectrometers? Spectrometers? Spectrometer. 
spectrometers? Yep, um, spectrometer. Are you reading this with me? No, but I know that word. Oh, thanks. Uh, chemical synthesis equipment and other advanced tools, the Enclave also possessed the necessary equipment and knowledge for conducting genetic analysis, engineering, and large-scale virus synthesization. The scientific expertise was matched by their industrial capability. The Enclave had the ability to mass-produce next-generation power armor, high-tech weapons, vertebrates, robots, and more. It is also one of the few organizations to use a high-speed data network. In the Enclave's case, the pre-war Poseidon net was created by Poseidon Energy, which I didn't know anything about. I don't know anything about that. Major defeats due to external and internal factors result in the nullification of the Enclave's technology advances by the end of the 23rd century. The Enclave lost all of its major hubs the presidential oil rig white springs raven rock adams air force base and navarro however without their homes the enclave remnants still possess their power armor heavy weapons and vertebrates however uh even before their defeats the enclave were largely outplaced in terms of technology refinement by the institute and the she which i don't know was why it's not brought up here the commonwealth nation of scientists uh, has achieved numerous breakthroughs, creating fusion reactors, mass-producing new robotics and energy weapon designs, and creating a vast underground habitat with superior quality of life and amount of space compared to the confined spaces of the Enclave stronghold. It is still clung to the 23rd century, and so on and so forth. That's pretty much it. I have some quick notes, and we can get out of here. That is that was so immensely dense. Like I really do have to applaud you for doing that. Thanks. Uh, I think like, for sorry. At some points, I just felt my brain just like glassing over, and I was like, "No, I know I, I'm understanding these words." <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's some stuff that I skipped because oh, really? yeah, because it was like, "Oh, this is just reiterating." Um. And I think for having dyslexia, I didn't do too fucking bad of a job. <laughs> you did good, sport. If Eden is convinced to destroy the Raven Rock, the Enclave radio station will also disappear, but his iBots will still roam the wasteland playing that uh, music, and the soldiers will still be found at camps. I don't I remember. I know that one. I, I felt like I knew about the soldiers, but I never thought about the iBots. I knew about the iBots because I usually delete uh, President Eden. And I always thought it was kind of silly that the iBots would still kind of go around in propaganda. Enclave field research terminals sometimes have ASC2 art of the United States ASCII. flag. What? Uh, that's ASCII. It's uh, basically, it's uh, text art. Oh, cool. That's what it's called? Yep, it's called ASCII. So it has ASCII art of the United States flag as a terminal header where... While most of the usual 13 stars arrange in a circle, the terminal has in the terminal in the RHO camp south of Canterbury Commons and one lone and one the lone wanderer is directed to during shock value has 15 straight lines similar to the 1969 flag. So a little behind the scenes for you. An enclave is an insular community that is completely surrounded by different territory which is demographically or politically distant in some way the best example of this is the country of lesoth l-e-s-o-t-h-o lesotho uh i can't help you on that one which is encompassed by south africa cool in early development of fall three bethesda used a different set of emblems seen below for the enclave and the vertebrates 
So the enclave, the enclave emblem was just an E, just a different E, and there was also a lightning bolt one. But that's oh, cool. it. That's all of the enclave. Thank shit. That's all of it. That's a lot. I'm fucking exhausted all of a sudden. Holy shit. It doesn't help that we just <laughs> recorded an episode before this. Wow. I know, right? Holy moly. Oh my god. All right, everybody. So, sorry for the short episode. Sorry that it took me another episode to do the lore, but the other one took 50 minutes to get through the Enclave lore. So, it's only right that we hit you with the last hit, uh, half of it. Hopefully next week we'll be on some better sort of pattern or whatnot. Um, something came up. That's why this is here. Uh, but if you're here, thank you. Uh, you could follow us. You, first off, Chain Ivers. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just really tired. If you want to get our intro music, that's Feather Duster. You can get it from www.silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. Vince, we have social media. Uh, you can follow myself. You can follow Olive. You can follow the show on our Twitters, which should be linked in the description below. And while you're there, click on that link to join the Discord. The Discord um, is just... It's like a like a like a r slash, but good, and you can talk to people, um, <laughs> and jump in. There's always somebody doing something. Somebody's always hosting something. So there's always somebody talking. There's always some idea being p- pushed around something. Uh, you can check it out. There's a link there. Um, if you want to see the show get a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit harder, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, you can throw us a couple bucks through Redbubble. You can get yourself a piece of merch, a t-shirt, a clock, a block, a shirt, a duvet, a sticker, a shirt, some pants, a shirt. Uh, you can get yourself a shower curtain, a duvet, a shirt. And How then, many times did you say shirt? Are I you don't know. Short, are you short shirketing? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, or you can uh, go to our Patreon, which we have to thank some people for our Patreon. Uh, we do. You can throw us a couple we bucks. Do. There's some there's some tier things that you can check out that'll give you some bonuses. Um, but with that being said, let's thank those people real quick. We do have to thank some people. Do keep in mind if this comes out later and you don't hear your name, this is the patrons that were around at the time of recording this video. Yes, so thank you. Um, so thank you so much. So first, I want to thank Noah. Thank you, Noah. Thank you so much, Noah. I hope you're well. Next up is Gage, but twice. Thank you, Gage, twice. Once for the Patreon, once for the Discord. And next is Jordan with a Y. Thank you, Jordan with a Y. We also have Danny, which also has a Y. <laughs> thank you, Danny. And the illustrious Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Thank um, you so much, folks. That's another episode in the motherfucking bag. All right, everybody. Be safe. Um, Peace out, yo. See you, uh, see you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. Atomic, Atomic Radio, Radio Hour. Hour.